This is Unfilter, episode 57, for July 3rd, 2013. Look guys, no matter what you think about Edward Snowden or this case, it all boils down to this. The right to seek asylum is a human right, voted for and guaranteed by the U.S. in Article 14 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. And this right is now being denied to an American citizen without any judicial order or criminal conviction, which leaves Snowden right where he is in a transit center at an airport. There, he wrote an open letter to WikiLeaks, where Snowden said, quote, in the end, the Obama administration's not afraid of whistleblowers like me, Bradley Manning, or Thomas Drake. We are stateless, imprisoned, or powerless. No, the Obama administration's afraid of you. It's afraid of an informed, angry public demanding the constitutional government it was promised, and it should be. Coming up on this week's episode of Unfiltered, Obama shrugged him off, calling him some 29-year-old hacker. But this week, the administration's actions spoke louder than their words. Their hunt for Edward Snowden intensifies as they twist the arm of Vladimir Putin, ground the jet of the Bolivian president in place, frantic calls to the nation leaders around the world. We'll bring you up to date on the twists and turns in their hunt for Edward Snowden, analyze the latest leaks, and discuss why some of America's allies are very angry. Then we'll cover the historic showdown in Egypt as millions take to the street, your feedback, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfiltered. Welcome to Unfiltered, episode 57 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show that's distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the always excellent Mr. Chase. Hey, Chris. Hey, everybody out there. I want to say a happy Canada Day and Independence Day to all of our Canadian and American viewers and listeners out there. Hope you guys are having a, a great week. But yeah, Chris, it's nice here, Chase. It's beautiful out. And in the celebration of America's birthday, we're even doing our show a little early. That's right. And uh, to lead off the, the top of the show, I, I, I do have a Fox News alert. A Fox News alert, Chase! What is it? I'm still an unrestricted free agent. Oh, okay. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> you are now uh, entering into the shadow stat matrix. Yeah, well, right now I'm still a part of the, the unemployed stat. Right, right. You know, where they say unemployment's going down. Right. It's still going down. Yeah. You are you were you are you bucking the trend, man. I'm I am <laughs> you are a hipster. You are I'm a, actually reporting like, myself that yes, I am official. You are employed yes. when it was uncool to be employed, and now that it is cool to be employed, you are unemployed. That's right. I am uh, I'm working the stat system. <laughs> no, it's 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 uh, it's been a fun week, you know. Uh, the weather up here in the northwest, uh, it has been it was warm uh, to start the week off. We mm-hmm. had record high temperatures. Yeah, hot. All, all thanks to climate change. Right. But but now it's starting to cool off, and uh, it's it's uh, this is great. 
You know, I thought maybe that uh, chill we felt was the new Cold War a brewing. At least that's according oh, to uh, Germany and France. I see what you did there. Yeah, uh, this uh, since we were on the air last week, uh, some more information came out via visa v Mr. Snowden. Actually, I believe it was through WikiLeaks. Uh, the report carried by uh, it was uh, Der Spiegel. It was a magazine. It cited a secret 2010 document alleging that the U.S. spied on EU offices in New York and Washington D.C. What? Yeah. Why yeah. would we do that? Uh, I don't, I don't know. You know, in fact, uh, in, uh, the, uh, European, uh, it's, it, there's been, there's been sort of a mixed response, uh, from, uh, different leaders over there, but, uh, overall they are demanding answers, even if it's kind of politely. The German magazine Der Spiegel and Britain's Guardian newspaper claim to have evidence showing that the United States National Security Agency bugged the European Union mission in New York and its embassy in Washington. The EU summoned the US ambassador and ordered a sweep of its offices to check for devices. Stefan Sebert, a spokesperson for German Chancellor Angela Merkel, said Washington needs to explain. It has to be cleared up, and if it turned out to be true, that would be unacceptable. We are no longer in the Cold War. On a trip to Brunei Monday, U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry was questioned about the allegations. I will say that every country in the world uh, that is engaged (laughs) in international affairs of national security uh, undertakes... Lots of activities to protect its national security and all kinds of information contributes to that. Uh, And all I know is that uh, that is not unusual for lots of nations. Leaked documents. Do you feel a little dumber after he talks? Yeah, he's really slowing it down and you need to realize that I can talk in this kind of monotone voice for a long time. Chase, you're going to make everybody stupid. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Alleged that the NSA taps half a billion phone calls and emails in Germany in a typical month. David Carrier is from the Ideas Analyst Group at the London School of Economics. It might turn into an EU internal problem. It might be that the problem is less uh, the fact that U.S. authorities have been uh, uh, spying on uh, uh, some EU delegations, officers, some embassies. But I think the key problem will be uh, rather the issue of personal data sharing. The allegations come as Europe and the United States are beginning negotiations on creating the world's biggest free trade agreement. Again, David Cadier of LSE. Will it be put in jeopardy in the end? I don't think so, because the level of support among the EU officials, among European governments, for this trade has been quite strong. One document lists 38 other embassies where spying has allegedly taken place, including Mexico, Japan, South Korea, India and Turkey. The documents were leaked by former NSA contractor Edward Snowden, who is currently at Moscow airport while he seeks asylum, perhaps in either Russia or Ecuador. Several European politicians have suggested he should now be offered asylum in Europe. Henry Ridgewell for VOA News, London. So one thing that could be a really interesting side effect of all of these Snowden leaks might not be uh, what happens here in the U.S., especially the way the dialogue has gone recently. But one thing that CNN brings into light in this next report is this revelation of spying on our partners brings this big agreement that we really haven't gotten a chance to talk about on the show, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, and this is a, this is one of those agreements where Elizabeth Warren uh, was actually quoted as saying, Elizabeth Warren, who has been doing a great job 
at going after banks. She has a horrible stance on... Uh, We've heard her clips on the show many times. Yeah. She's got a bad stance on cannabis, but she's got a great stance on the bank. So that makes her a winner in my bank, a book, uh, <laughs> in my bank. Uh, uh, so she said if people knew what was going on, they would stop it. Uh, it's, uh, she said she's deeply concerned about uh, the uh, transparency record for the uh, trade representation and uh, with the ongoing trade agreement in particular, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Now, what's interesting about this is this partnership looks like it's essentially gives corporations the ability to bypass the innate laws of countries. Um, I don't know all the details. One of the reasons we haven't covered a lot on the show, I just know it's something we really have to look into. It sounds like the revelation of this spine might be putting aspects of this agreement in trouble. And this CNN report touches on some of that. As more and more details about what was going on here at the secretive NSA come out, European politicians want to know why the U.S. targeted them, supposed allies, with wiretapping and Internet surveillance. French President Hollande's diplomatic language did little to conceal his anger, demanding eavesdropping stop immediately or else. Then, that we cannot have any negotiations, transactions on any matter if we do not obtain these guarantees. The angry complaints came after the German magazine Der Spiegel reported more from leaker Edward Snowden showing the NSA bugged European Union offices in the U.S. and Europe and monitored the EU's Internet communication. According to the report, the NSA monitored some 500 million phone and Internet records every month from Germany alone. That produced a stinging rebuke from the German government spokesman. It has to be cleared up, and if it turned out to be true, then it would be unacceptable. We are no longer in the Cold War. Visiting Tanzania, the president said the U.S. is working through diplomatic channels to ease tensions, pointing out Europe benefits from intelligence gathered by the NSA to fight terror. The Europeans... You know, this, is a, this is a great point. So this is one of the things that's very interesting is... Uh, the British have been sort of uh, meh about their response to to some of these revelations because we are sharing information with them. We are helping them crack down on whatever they want to crack down on with our own information. We're kind of going to our partners and bribing them with the information that we're picking up. Yeah, so, but we're not giving them all the information. We're no. only giving them bits and pieces that but, we feel might be useful to them, though. Yeah, and just enough to show them the, the program is, is in their best interest because it gives them, you know, it's kind of like it's dirty money. It's sort of, it's, it's yeah, a form yeah. of payment for letting them do it. So you're gonna let we're gonna spy on you because but, that information holds value. They are trading that value for them essentially yeah. turning a blind eye because the way the international law works from this is from a BBC report that I caught. Uh, there there really is no law that states what should happen with this information and these scenarios uh, between nation partners like this. But to 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 break it down. What if they're doing the exact same thing to us? They are. They yeah, are doing so, the exact same thing. So to us. how how are they coming out and saying, "Oh, I can't believe we're we are outraged." This is well. This is that's bad. why some countries are like Germany. They're coming out and saying they're outraged because they're not a part. They're, maybe, they're not in the in that party. They uh, in some of the reports that came out, uh, right. we we classified them as like a type three uh, friend or something. I forget what the term was, but essentially it's like they're oh. they're our allies, but we better watch them. But we have scales of friendship. We, I, I we didn't do realize yeah. this. Yeah, we have scales of friendship like New Zealand. They're in like the one category. We're best buds and stuff. Can I? get this in an app is this is this available i want to know if they're going to sign uh, color tones and then send push notifications well new zealand has been downgraded to it too are we in a green zone right now or a yellow zone i don't remember all right let's see what barry has to say on this barry are some of the closest allies that we have in the world Um. Uh, and we work with them on everything and we share intelligence constantly 
and our primary concerns are the various security threats that may have an impact uh, on both our countries. At the recent G8 summit in Northern Ireland, the Obama administration and Europe agreed to start talks for a new transatlantic free trade agreement. Projects like that could be in jeopardy if relations sour any further, says Josef Brame from the German Council on Foreign Relations. If we find out more, for example, that it is not only German citizens that are of interest, but maybe banks or industries. Oh, this could care. have a bigger impact because that would be industrial espionage. With each new revelation, public anger over eavesdropping and internet hacking ratchet up a notch with a growing sense of betrayal and this underlying message to the U.S. Hey, we thought we were friends. Prep like in CNN, Berlin. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey, man. Come on. Uh, so uh, something I haven't seen a lot of uh, reporting around, but speaking of spying and bugging people, um, Ecuador's embassy, where Julian Assange is hanging out. And by the way, if you're a unfiltered supporter, we had a, we played a little interview with Julian Assange from ABC's this week. Uh, they found a bug in their embassies. I haven't really heard this covered much elsewhere other than democracy was, wait, now. Was the bug hidden in a shock mount called Prism? <laughs> no, no, that's just yours. Ecuador is claiming it's discovered a hidden listening device at its embassy in London. A small microphone was reportedly found in its ambassador's office during a security sweep last month. The Ecuadorian embassy has been hosting WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange for over a year in his bid to avoid extradition to Sweden. The revelations come days after NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden exposed widespread U.S. spying on European Union offices and foreign embassies. All right. So, Chris, do we know who planted the bug? No, I mean, it was in the London embassy. Uh, could be the GCHQ, I suppose. Uh, uh, so or, or it could have been, you know, NSA. Who knows? Uh, uh, we have agents all over the globe. The uh, politician out of Ecuador, I can't remember who she said it was. I think it might have been the president even, uh, said he didn't think it was the NSA. I don't know why he but said that. Though. Maybe it was a, an internal agent gone rogue. Uh, he said, uh, here's what he said. We immediately conducted an investigation to find the source, and I will release our result at tomorrow's press conference, including the source of the device. Oh, so they do know. And who was using it and which department installed it. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Okay. So that's supposedly, now we're recording this at uh, 3 p.m. Pacific on uh, Wednesday, right? Is yeah. it Wednesday? Gosh, they all last, run together. Last time I checked, yeah. It has been a crazy couple of weeks. So we're going to get to the Egypt stuff, which has really kind of been something that I had just been fascinated Late watching. breaking, too. Had to go to the Google Plus feed a couple of times on that one. Yeah, and that one was that one was just developing as we went. But I wanted to I wanted to step back before we move on and 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 focus in on one key part here. Uh, the documents that Der Spiegel got uh, these prove that Germany played a central role in the NSA's global surveillance network and how the Germans also became targets of actual U.S. cyber attacks as well. According this is all according to Der Spiegel, uh, which supporting they've done a lot of vetting on this. Uh, uh, each month now I, they said this in the news clip, but I, I just we gotta we gotta reiterate this each month. U.S. intelligence services saves data from around half a billion communication connections from Germany. In a single month, half a billion. That is quite a bit. I mean, that, that sounds like... Sounds like you need to build a big data center to hold all that stuff. Sounds like you're probably getting some corporate... You're going to get some corporate communications in there. You're going to get some private communications. And what what's really kind of a key differentiator here and something us U.S. citizens need to think about is... There's no constitution that protects them when we get their data. Nope. There's, we can do, I, I would assume, anything, unless there's some sort of secret agreement that we have with their government. I, unless I'm misunderstanding something here, we should— Maybe something in a trade agreement, perhaps? I want to zoom out, because we're, we're going to talk more about Snowden and the NSA leaks. Uh, do you remember just, like, 
when I remember one of the first things about the internet when I when I when I was working at a school district back at in my high school days, every computer in our school district had a public IP address. Yeah. Every machine on the network. And then as like the internet started to become more of a thing, we there there's this guy created this thing called NAT and we started using it. Like NAT was this new thing and then everything got these private addresses. Yeah. And there was this big kind of mindset where we said, okay, this is our private network. This is the public network. Yeah. And everything was referred to as the private network and the public network. Or internal network, external network. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Are we maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves? Because we all, we all know that anything we transmit, I mean, it could have been anybody. Anybody who has access to these connections can sit in there and take a copy of the data and monitor it. It does. I mean, because the because the NSA is who they are, they're able to get access and then you know provide immunity. But it could have been anyone, yeah. and well, they could have done the same, not at the same scale well, or the well, same that, level or with the same intent. But what I'm saying is, is we all signed up to use this public internet. Yep, yep. Everything's all interconnected. I mean, it could happen with a private organization just as easily, or as a contractor, as you know, Edward Edward Snowden was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things, right? If and now we're so pushing towards this, you know, wired world that we live in, we're all interconnected in this way, and everything's getting transmitted over the internet now. Right. I mean, you can't not get it transmitted over the internet unless you're sending a fax still. Right. So, I I mean, I I'm not justifying it in any means, but I just want to keep it, some of that in perspective as we as we go forward here. Is uh, you know everybody just I know that I know that we've seen those documents that say the NSA will grab information that's been encrypted, but you know what everybody just needs to start encrypting just as a matter of practice. Yeah, but Chris, if you do that, then you're going to be flagged as a terrorist. It was pointed out to me uh, that uh, you know if you don't have to be hiding something, I mean that's why we all send mail in an envelope instead of all sending postcards because we just have some level of privacy expectation. Well, some of us send postcards. Of course, we're going to get to that story at the end of the show. <laughs> Maybe that's not so. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, we've got a lot of more information on uh, the uh, response from Germany, France, and uh, the uh, clips from the uh, Der Spiegel uh, article all linked in the show notes. If you guys go over to jupiterbroadcasting.com and click on 57 of Unfilter Show, you'll get the links for the relevant information. We have some thank yous. We do. We we do. I wanted to get to the thank yous, and then we'll jump into some of the Snowden stuff. Uh, So this week, uh, we reached 119 Unfilter supporters. That's that's, that's ding-worthy. That is thing worthy <laughs> we got some great supporters who jumped on board who support what we do and, and uh, the great thing about it is when you become a supporter you get not only this base show which we call unfilter but you get more chris that's right jace you get the downloadable pre and post shows yeah. combined it now into one big show so now you get yeah. so much information not so only see, that this, this show the actual show is like uh, 17 minutes long the uh, supporter show right now is like uh, almost almost an hour. So so you get the pre and post. You get extra clips, music, off the cuff comments. You get also personal comments that are happening, maybe that are not unfiltered related. Yeah, you get neat information. It's another stories. show. It is definitely another show. Like uh, so, for example, this week uh, we covered uh, some uh, interesting debates on CNBC around the economy. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Bernanke came out and said they were going to uh, sort of taper down on QE, and then somebody else from the Fed came out this week and said actually by taper down we meant we're going to increase QE and be more aggressive. So yeah. we played those clips in the supporter show. We played the Assange interview. Uh, we played the uh, pothead guy. That was kind of right. that, that I, got I, you by surprise. Yeah, I was, I was out of left field, and then I had a story about a broken iPad. We, That's right. We we talk about personal things too. So uh, we want to thank you know Neil C, Todd H, 
Thomas L. jumped in at 13. You said, I want to be an way. investor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Pablo W., Mark B., Christopher U., Timothy C., and an anonymous Bitcoin supporter. Yeah. So, nice. uh, Bitcoin supporter, if you want to email me your confirmation ID, I'll get you on the supporters list. When you when you pay by Bitcoin, you're anonymous unless you choose not to be. So, just send uh, chris at jupiterbroadcasting.com. An email. And, and you could be a supporter for the low, low price of? $5 a month. That's it. $5 a month, and you get uh, our show. You get the regular show every single week, plus the uh, supporter show all combined. And then you also get the newsletter that kind of gives you some behind-the-scenes info for that week's episode sent to your inbox from me. So thank you to our 119 supporters. And I, Chase, I thought, to sort of remind folks some, a little something, this is why you listen to the Unfiltered Show, because this is an example of what I filtered out from Anderson Cooper this week. The Unfiltered Show filtered this out. You had... Oh my God, it's our doorbell. Come in. Oh my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper, everybody. Hey, Coops. Oh my God. I literally rushed down here. I got off the air at like 11 and I jumped in a car. I was like, I, I have to see Cher. Can you stop this? Just stop it. I cut it right there because I didn't even be able to take it anymore. You cut off the punchline, though. I have to see Cher. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. You got to hear this first part because I love oh, this part. Oh, God. Oh my God, it's our doorbell. Come in. <laughs> and then I also clipped this. Oh my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper, everybody. <laughs> and then he calls him Coops. <laughs> you guys, you guys listen. This is what we filter out, Chase. This is, this is why you listen to the show. Whether you agree or disagree with us, what we're trying to do here is deliver the news in a fun and informative manner yep. without bias. That's right. And we, uh, we, we pare it down to what we think is the stuff that actually makes history every single week. And I know that's kind of an ambitious goal. I don't know if we reach it every single week. But Hope literally, we when we're sitting down and putting this thing together, we say, down the road, is this going to be something that made a dent in the universe? Is this going to be something that moved things in a different direction? And, you know, things like visiting Cher. Oh, my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper. That doesn't make a dent in the universe. So, uh that's why you listen to the unfiltered. So, so, Chris, I know you may or may not have this queued up, but I have a, a great question for the chat oh, do you? room you for, are... for the Ask the Chat Room contest. Okay, it's... let's go. Oh, I get to do Chase. This one is uh, all from me. Okay, everybody, get ready in the chat room because Chase is going to ask you a really tough question that I don't even know what it is. So, prepare your brain buckle. What position in the executive branch asked Ecuador to reject Edward Snowden's asylum oh, good request? One. Good one. The what executive branch position? You'll have to pull though, because I can't. Uh, yes, yes. I can't see the chat room on the screen. My mom to reject. Which Snowden's. which position in the executive branch of the Obama administration called Ecuador, asking them to reject Edward Snowden? Pull it. All right, here we go, Chase. Here we go. Here we go. So you know, it wasn't a three-letter agency. So I know we threw off some people yeah, there. Yeah, okay. However, we got it correct. Okay. Fifth wall with vice president. Boom. Yes, Good right. job, fifth wall. That's right. Uh, Biden uh, gave him a call. Ecuador's president said today he spoke with vice president Joe Biden, who asked him not to offer asylum to Edward Snowden. Don't do it. The former NSA contractor is spending day seven in that Moscow airport transit lounge looking for safe haven. President Rafael Correa says he told Mr. Biden he would respect the administration's view while evaluating Snowden's request. The White House confirms only that the phone call took place and that Snowden was discussed. I didn't even know you were going to make that the question. I just had that at the ready. Hey, how about hey, that? Hey, hey, hey. So something interesting happened earlier this week. So you know Charlie Rose is on CBS Morning uh, News yep. Show, right? Yep, he right. also has his PBS show where he kind of sobers up for half a day and he goes into the studio and it's a black <laughs> studio. <laughs> 
What? That's no. just mean, man. Sobers up for half day. Come on, he doesn't drink that much. You're right. Yeah, and besides, maybe he, a quarter of the it day. takes a lot longer for the medication to get out of the system. That's true. So he sat down with the Guardian's editor in chief and also uh, the gal that uh, was sort of the bridge between uh, Glenn Greenwald, the film documentary maker that Snowden's been talking to, and uh, WikiLeaks, all of them. Uh, and they, he played an interview and they just gave some interesting information. I'll link to the full 35 minute interview in the show notes, but here's a highlight. Ecuador's president said not, today, not that one. That's Biden. We already talked about that. Hey, Biden. Last night on his PBS program, Charlie Rose spoke with the editors in chief of The Guardian, the British newspaper that first reported this leak. Well, they talked about the publishing and U.S. security. Do you believe national security of the United States has been damaged? I do not. And we have consulted with the authorities about everything that we have published, and Which we've invited them um, with the NSA, with the White House. Uh, it's come up before with other news organizations in the United States. Do you mm-hmm. go to a NSA authorities, whether it's General Alexander or someone else, and say, this is what we're prepared to publish? Uh, is, what's the next part of the question? Well, in this situation, you're not really asking a question yeah. because you have the information. You're saying, what, I'm going to publish this. What's your response? You're saying, this is what we have. Um, do you have a specific national security concern that you would like to alert well, us that's to? That's a question. And, well, yes, yeah. that is a question. Or we are inviting you to raise. Right. And then we don't guarantee that we will agree with their interpretation. Of but not. what we're saying is we would, you know, we'd like to hear that. And, and you heard it. Um, Actually, and they say we, we have haven't, security concerns we haven't and, heard and specific it, national security concerns about any of the They never expressed any national specific. security specific concerns. Mm-hmm. It would, I think it's fair to say they would rather we didn't publish any of it. That would be fair yes. to say. <laughs> this morning's Washington Post is reporting that the company hired to screen Edward Snowden for his top security clearance is under fire. Federal investigators say the company routinely misled the government about the thoroughness of its background checks. All right, Chase, got to check one off in the old red book. Chris said that the company who hired Edward Snowden would be getting in trouble. Just going to check that off in the old unfiltered yep, predictions yep. Chris, book. Chris is uh, doing that now. He's actually pulling If out I could find it. And, and he's, uh, he's writing into the book here. I'm trying to give you guys fear of the mind. He, there we go. All right, checked off, Chase, from Unfiltered 55. But ding ding Okay. Yep. So uh, I, I don't know. I still don't know what the hiring agency, because I, I don't believe it was Booz Allen who actually did the hiring. I believe Booz Allen contracted out the hiring, and then they brought him in, but I'm not sure on that. So we had Biden calling uh, you know, Ecuador, and actually also rumored much more than Ecuador, but the only one the White House has confirmed is Ecuador. Uh, but we also then had uh, Kerry out there, shocking and jiving in Russia. The fight over Edward Snowden has overshadowed Secretary of State John Kerry's trip to Asia and the Middle Oh, Asia. He was also in Russia. But we'll get to that later. Middle East, Margaret Brennan is traveling with Kerry in Kuwait City. Good morning. This is not what John Kerry wanted to talk about in the Middle East. Syria was supposed to be the issue that the U.S. confronted Russia on, and the Snowden affair has become an unwanted distraction. Diplomats say this is Russia flexing its muscle, showing the U.S. that they can't be bullied. The Obama administration may have backed itself into a corner here by going hard on rhetoric before they determined where Snowden actually was and whether they could follow through on their threats. The U.S. is now trying to lower tension, casting this as a simple transfer of a fugitive rather than a standoff over espionage. And while the U.S. does not have extradition treaty with Russia, it did send 500 criminals back there over the past five years. 
So there's no legal obligation for Russia to comply, but it is in Russia's self-interest to do so, especially if they want the U.S. to keep cooperating. Secretary Kerry will meet face-to-face -face with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Lavrov, later this week, and that meeting has taken on more significance. For CBS This Morning, Margaret Brennan, Kuwait. So before we get to Snowden, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Greenwald because I just I want to I want to uh, you know cover the people kind of around him. So we've covered the Guardian people who are the some of the people behind the releasing the actual leaks. We talked about the administration figures who are trying to sort of reel him in, and then you've got Glenn Greenwald who's kind of become his unofficial spokesperson now. According to Glenn Greenwald, uh, he hasn't talked to uh, Snowden since he left for Hong Kong. This is a little bit of a longer interview. It was on Fox and Friends. It's actually one of the best pieces that I've monitored from Fox on this whole thing because otherwise wow. I've been... I don't know if you guys have noticed from the last three episodes, but we've had very little Fox News clips in here because they've been doing a very crap job uh, covering this whole thing. And when they do cover it, it's it's uh, it's O'Reilly saying something outrageous. Uh, but they this was actually a pretty good interview with Glenn Greenwald. All right, NSA leaker Edward Snowden speaking out for the first time since getting stuck in the Moscow airport, saying he, quote, remains free and able to publish information that serves the public interest, close quote. And according to the journalist who broke Snowden's first story, there's a lot more to come. That journalist, Glenn Greenwald of The Guardian newspaper, is my guest this morning. Glenn, thank you for joining us. So you say you have uh, uh, another big NSA scoop. Do you, care to, do you care to break it right here, right now? Uh, unfortunately, Eric, I'm, you're going to have to wait along with everybody else until our stories are published. But I will say that there are vast programs of both domestic and international spying that the world will be shocked to learn about that the NSA is engaged in with no democratic accountability, and that's what's driving our reporting. You know, Glenn, yesterday uh, Ed Snowden released a letter uh, to the, I guess, to the world about the, the Obama administration. I'm now it's interesting. Uh, Fox News has covered this letter in a couple of reports, but they've actually never read the text um, fully. They've never <laughs> quoted it. So we played Abby Martin at the top of the show where she right, read yep. the quote from uh, Snowden saying an informed public would be an angry public. Uh, they kind of dance around it. Now, in this report, Eric gets the close that I've heard Fox News actually quote what Snowden said, but notice he actually sort of paraphrases in just a way that leaves out the important bits. Paraphrase here a little bit. He's saying that the Obama administration, they're not afraid of me, Ed Snowden. They're afraid of a constitutionally informed public. Now, that's not what he said. Now, it's essentially right, but that's not exactly what he said. Question. Do you think the Obama administration wants Snowden to come back to the U.S., or is that going to look bad for them to have him in a U.S. court? I thought that was a really interesting question. I hadn't really thought much about this. That's a very good It's better question. for the U.S. in terms of face, in a, in a way, for him to be out. Now, it makes Obama look weak. It makes him look like he can't get his house in order. But at least he's not under the, the cameras. He's not under and if the stuff publicity, ca and the he, news. And you got to figure things are going to come out via court hearing, even Absolutely. if they try to keep it under wraps. It won't. Yeah, it, it will definitely get leaked. The scope of what's going on, you would think, would be more exposed through court hearings. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, think about it. I mean, maybe that's the reason why they want to get him captured overseas and they can have uh, delayed extradition hearings. I mean, they can really slow this to a crawl to a point where maybe it would get out of the public eye. And maybe that's the hope. Yeah. You never know. I think what the Obama administration wants and has been trying to establish for the last almost five years now with the unprecedented war on whistleblowers that it is waging is to make it so that everybody is petrified of coming forward with information about what our political officials are doing in the dark that is deceitful, illegal, or corrupt. 
they don't care about Edward Snowden at this point. He can no longer do anything that, that he hasn't already done. What they care about is making an extremely negative example out of him to intimidate future whistleblowers from coming forward because they'll think that they're going to end up like him. That's their objective. All right, so, so some of the new news that, that's breaking as we speak is that um, Edward Snowden has said that he's going to turn down Russia's offer, Vladimir Putin's offer, to stay in Russia. That would have required him to stop leaking information. He said, no, I don't want to do that. But he's... I want to, we're going to come back to that. He's asked for asylum into up to around 20 countries or so. Some are saying no. What's the end game here for Ed Snowden? Well, from the very first time that I spoke with him, he said that he completely understood that once he came forward against the U.S. government and the Obama administration, that he would become the most wanted man on earth and, and would be hunted down by the world's most powerful state, and that he felt it was worthwhile to do that because he could not in good conscience allow this massive spying program aimed at the American people to be constructed in the dark. And he said, obviously, he wants to stay out of the clutches of, of the U.S. government, given the way that they persecuted whistleblowers. He's obviously trying to find a place where he can do that. But his real goal is to continue to be part of the conversation about why he did what he did, what it is that he saw in the NSA, how these spying powers were being abused, and to, to continue to, to make people around the world and his fellow citizens in the United States aware of what their government is doing. Glenn, you've been um, criticized, specifically David Gregory. I'm going to play this clip. I'd like you to react uh, to it. Go ahead. Play the clip on uh, David Gregory. Why shouldn't you, Mr. Greenwald, be charged with a crime? I think it's pretty extraordinary that anybody who would call themselves a journalist would publicly muse about whether or not other journalists should be charged with felony. The scandal that arose in Washington before our stories began was about the fact that the Obama administration is trying to criminalize investigative journalism by going through the, the emails and phone records of AP reporters, accusing a Fox News journalist of the theory that you just embraced, being a co-conspirator with felony in felonies for working with sources. Glenn, has, has David Gregory contacted you, apologized? No, he hasn't. There was a New York Times reporter, Andrew Ross Sorkin, who went on television the next day and said I ought to be arrested, and he publicly apologized, but, but, but David Gregory has not. But look, Thomas Jefferson, 250 years ago, said that those who most fear investigations are the ones who attack a free press first. That's why a free press is guaranteed, so that I can, as a journalist, tell my fellow citizens that the government is collecting all of their phone records and email records and tapping into their Facebook conversations and Google chats and Skype telephone calls. This is what journalism is about, shining a light on what the most powerful people in the country right. are doing to them right. in the dark. So we're going to continue to do that no matter what David Gregory and his friends say. Running out of time, Glenn, yes or no, have you been in contact with Ed Snowden recently? Not since he left Hong Kong, no. I All right, I was, I was actually not going to include the rest of this clip, but there has been this report circling around online that Glenn Greenwald was involved in a Skype chat with a partner, or his partner, whatever they, whatever they, I don't know if it's a gay guy or if it's a business partner or what. Okay. And in this Skype chat, he said, I've got some encrypted files on my laptop. I think I'll send them to you. And then he goes out to dinner or something like that, or he leaves... And he comes back the next day. Okay. His house has been broken into, and the only thing taken out of the entire house is his laptop. And I thought, that sounds like crap. And last, last question. Um, there was a report that a laptop of yours was stolen from your apartment. I think you may have said that. Um, is that true? Do you have any idea who has that laptop? No, I had talked to my partner about sending him encrypted files. Two days later, his laptop was stolen from our house. We have no idea if it's connected to his anything, laptop. but we just know it was stolen and nothing else was. All right, we're going to go. The NSA scandal, a lot more scoop. You want to do it now? Last chance. Uh, just wait a little bit and you'll have it. 
right. Well, I so tried. Sounds like more is on the way. But you hear what I'm saying there? So I get one of the laptops after a Skype chat gets stolen. And I thought that sounded like just too much bacon. Like there's just, I wasn't, I didn't even bring it up on the show. I don't think, or I think I said, I've heard this, but I don't think it's legit. That guy says it. He says it's legit. He says he's in a Skype chat. And this is in an interview. I read the quote and I thought, I'm just, oh, no did way. He, now, did he type this out in the Skype chat? Did I'm not sure. It's, he, he was even more vague in the clip than he was in the. Uh, because, I mean, it's quite possible. I mean, without getting too conspiracy bacon ish, but it's quite possible that maybe his apartment was bugged or maybe someone was listening in. Well, on Skype his text chats are logged. Right. But what I'm saying is if let's say he was doing a vocal Skype conversation, while maybe the Skype conversation itself wasn't bugged, all you need is a parabolic microphone or something. And you know, ain't, That's true. I mean, That's true. That's true. It doesn't have to he, be the Skype. Yeah. He could have been under surveillance. Yeah. I mean – not trying to get too out right. there. No, it possible. sounds like that's exactly what it was, though. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it was. Uh, all right, so I want to zoom in now a little bit on the whole uh, Snowden-Russian asylum thing and Putin and all that stuff. Let's play another clip and then talk about this. And uh, we start with breaking news. The sour Edward Snowden has withdrawn his application for asylum in Russia. The whistleblower was apparently unwilling to stop leaking damaging revelations about Washington's surveillance habits, which was one of Moscow's conditions. His Putin comes out and he says, uh, look, uh, Snowden, if you need to stay in Russia, you can stay as long as you need to until you can get to go until you can find somewhere else. But look, there's a condition. And this is he's doing this in a press conference in front of the cameras. And he says, if you're going to stay in Russia, you have to stop hurting our American partners. As strange as that sounds coming from my lips. That to me suggests that somebody contacted him and said, look, uh, look, uh, look, Uh, uh, hello, hello, Uh, hello. I mean, to me, there had to have been some sort of backdoor deal to make Putin do that, right? right. Because everything about the situation, you figure Putin's got to be loving. He would jump on. He would jump on it, right? But they, you know, I wonder if this was like sort of like, a, okay, you're doing this, or we're going in there. You say that's you say that's international territory. You say that's not Russian territory. Well, fine, we'll go in there and get him. I wonder, or, or I wonder if it was like, or we'll, you, or we'll reveal your spying. You know, you've been spying too, and we're going to reveal that. I, I wonder if there was some sort of leverage involved. I mean, I'm you just know what? Calling. Maybe maybe it was a high stakes poker game, and they're like, "Listen, I'm going to raise you, Edward Snowden." Yeah. However, I'm going to re-raise you your military taps. All right, here we go. Yeah. What do you want to do? I, I prefer Let's to think it. that uh, I, I prefer to think that Putin and Obama just got on a Skype call and just did rock <laughs> paper scissors. And, uh, and no, then, no, they they uh, they played a little online Eve or something, right, right. and they are like, all right, listen, let's go do this raid real quick, and let's figure this out. <laughs> so, uh, so let's go. Ahead. Still has requests for refuge being considered by almost twenty other nations. Artis and Isanawa has the latest for us. He won't take this offer from Russia, from Vladimir Putin, to be welcomed here and gain asylum based on uh, the conditions that Vladimir Putin put out on Monday, which were that he had to stop, quote, harming uh, his U.S. counterparts. That, that wasn't the quote. Dmitry Peskov, who is Putin's spokesperson, basically reiterate, reiterated this, saying that asylum could only be granted if he ceased his anti-American activities. Uh, obviously, as we're reporting, Snowden refused these conditions. Now, Peskov also pointed out that Snowden is a human rights activist. And- Russia has classified him as a human rights activist, and this matters. Uh, it, this this changes how they can treat him in Russian law and what they have to follow. Don't you break that? And this means that extradition, at least for Russia, is impossible, especially to countries that have the death penalty. He he pointed out really that Russia never extradites; it only exchanges. Uh, and he also highlighted uh-huh. that Edward Snowden never actually crossed into Russian territory, uh, and that Russian intelligence has not uh, and does not work with Edward Snowden. So while all of this is going on, 
something else is taking place in Russia. First of all, um, what's his face? Uh, you know, uh, Kerry. He's over there dealing with uh, bureaucrats in Russia. And there's also a bunch of oil muckety mucks that are meeting. And one of the people that was attending this meeting with Putin to talk about future economic plans was the Bolivian president. Now, you've you got to figure U.S. intelligence agencies were freaking out about this. All these different presidents and diplomats and whatever are flying into Russia, into the airport. They're coming to meet Putin and they're all leaving. And maybe Snowden might catch a ride on one of these planes back. And I bet they were S and bricks. Well, turns out they were willing to take some pretty dramatic steps. But then late tonight, there has been a strange new development in this story. A number of world leaders from oil producing nations uh, have been in Russia this week for a meeting. It is a meeting that has now concluded. And within the last few hours, word has trickled out that the airplane carrying the president of Bolivia, Evo Morales, was unexpectedly rerouted after it left Russian airspace and was on its way back to Bolivia with the Bolivian president. Bolivia's president was in Russia for these meetings with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Bolivia was among the countries that Edward Snowden had sought asylum from. But tonight, as Bolivia's president was returning home from that trip to Russia, his state airplane was denied access to some of the European airspace that he needed to fly through in order to get home. It was while his airplane was in mid-flight already that the governments of France and Portugal revoked the authorization they had previously granted for that plane to use their airspace. They revoked that authorization, apparently, because of their suspicion that Edward Snowden was also on board that plane, hightailing it to Bolivia presumably to seek asylum so when they do this and and this clip might get a little visual here but i thought uh meadow's explanation was pretty good but when they do this they essentially create a wall of territory that they can't fly over in order to get home how do they get home after france and portugal told bolivia's president no you cannot use our airspace the government of italy then reportedly followed suit and that as you can see makes kind of a line With their entire flight plan essentially revoked, the plane carrying Bolivia's president had to circle around for three hours seeking permission to land somewhere until they were eventually cleared to land in Austria, of all places. And Austria is where that Bolivian plane remains tonight. Uh, The pink line, I think we can show you here. See that pink line? It's kind of thin, but you can see it there in the middle of the screen. The pink line right there is believed to be the flight path for Bolivia's presidential airplane. As you can see, it departs (laughs) Moscow on what looks to be a very regular flight path, but then it detours abruptly right over Austria. Bolivia, for its part, is furious tonight. They say Edward Snowden is not on board their plane and never has been. They're calling that accusation a misintentioned rumor. And their foreign minister says tonight that this was an act of discrimination on the part of the international community that has put the life of their president in danger. Now, in terms of the U.S. government's role in all this, that remains very, very unclear at this hour. A senior U.S. official is telling NBC News tonight that there is no indication that Edward Snowden has left the airport in Moscow. Uh, When asked if it was possible that Mr. Snowden had managed to leave the country on a foreign official's airplane, the official told NBC, quote, I have heard nothing remotely like that. But again, the news tonight is that the president of Bolivia, Evo Morales, right now, as we speak, is stuck in Austria. That's really something I think. You you know what I think? This would never, ever, ever happen if it was Air Force One. Oh, don't even kid. Right? 
Don't even. Uh, or don't not even, even. Not even Canadian prime you minister. You couldn't do or, it. You couldn't enforce or Australian it. prime you minister. The, the uh, Air Force One has its own jet uh, right. fighter escorts. Or or the UK uh, yeah, prime minister. Yeah, this it was discrimination. This it was total discrimination. Yeah, and it was it was unbelievable. And it was. I mean, it is amazing how we can make the rest of the world bend over backwards. We got Putin to bend over backwards. Wow. We got. I mean, and uh, here's an updated clip that kind of gives. Um, I think this kind of covers like he's been. He's up there and they're flying. And, a bizarre twist in the NSA leaks. Scandal involves a plane carrying the president of Bolivia. He is now back go. in the air this morning, but only after confusion and controversy. Charlie Daggett is in London. Charlie, good morning. Good morning. morning, Charlie and Nora. The Bolivian ambassador to the U.N. called it no less than an act of aggression. Their presidential plane, diverted to Austria, has left Vienna after that unscheduled stop. It's thought Edward Snowden, however, remains grounded at a Moscow airport. Even holed up in a Russian transit lounge, Edward Snowden has sparked a breakdown in international diplomacy. Such is the paranoia surrounding the search for Snowden that a plane headed to Bolivia from Moscow was diverted to Austria for fear he was on board. He wasn't. But Bolivia's president, Evo Morales, was. Back home, the country's vice president was understandably outraged, saying there are international conventions against rerouting presidential planes. De los del mundo. Bolivia remains among the favorites of the 20 or so countries where Snowden is seeking political asylum. Snowden family lawyer Bruce Fine said the manhunt is shifting the real focus. It distracts from the major issues, the long-term issues, the more alarming issues that were disclosed uh, by Edward Snowden. It's taken the topic that should be the locomotive and making it the caboose and taking the caboose and making the locomotive. What is clear is the train has apparently come to a complete stop and with nobody yet stepping up with offers of asylum, Snowden may be running out of time and choices. I'm exhibit number one as to how far the government will go to destroy you. Another former intelligence officer from the National Security Agency, Thomas Drake, was prosecuted for allegedly spying in 2010. All charges were dropped, bar one misdemeanor, but Drake said no matter what the outcome for Snowden, once he's on their radar... ...your life will never be the same again. They're going to pull out all the stops on him. All of them. They are... To say that they're upset would be an understatement. French and Portuguese officials said today they did not refuse to let that plane cross their airspace. But whatever the case, it serves as a reminder to Snowden that a flight out of Moscow does not necessarily mean a flight to freedom. Charlie and Nora. Charlie Daggett, thank so you. I got, I got a few questions here. Yeah, so do I, but go ahead. Well, uh, what, what does this mean when, I mean, uh, requesting asylum and being a political refugee, these are internationally recognized statuses. And, and these are, there are yeah. two. There is there are established uh, pr- proceedings when somebody is getting asylum somewhere, and and the fact that the the nation that somebody is a political refugee from can contact the other nations and suppress the international travel of that person seeking asylum, this represents a new level of uh, I, I've never seen I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. Well, it, there, you got a couple of things in play. First off, you have the situation where he's seeking asylum, so he he wasn't granted asylum, right? So at that point, if you're still seeking, I mean, maybe it's different, right? Maybe it's a different legal legal yeah. precedent. But the other thing that that scares me here 
is the the stops. They're pulling out all the stops to send a clear message to any potential next whistleblower. Right. That if you do something even remotely like this, we're the international make, community will come after you. We will make your international life forever right. a living hell. Our reach is worldwide. We can make Putin do can anything. Pay, we can make Putin say no. Yeah. And I think I think it also demonstrates uh, how the Obama administration has mastered the the outward appearance of one thing. Uh, this is uh, uh, I'm not going to scramble the jets as for uh, some 29 year old uh, hacker. Yeah, and we all know he's not a hacker. But I will organize an international effort to suppress your travel. I mean, blockade a president travel. Let's not kid ourselves. They are after him like they've never been after anybody before. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting to watch them. Um, they don't necessarily want project this, one thing. They don't necessarily want this guy to put him on trial. They want this guy to be set an example of. That's what they're, in my yeah. opinion, that's what they're trying they to do. They just here. need to make his suffering as awful as possible, so that way that is the that's what you fear as a leaker. You don't fear the other things. You fear that level of prosecution, that suffering. But as we just heard in that story, the whole point in doing this, in to try to catch him and put the blockades up and to do all this is to distract you from the ultimate message. That ultimate message, what was it, folks? That's right, the NSA spying on everything that you're doing on the Internet. That's the message here that Edward Snowden leaked out. But we're not talking about that. Right. We're talking about the blockade. We're talking about him trying to get asylum. And they're actually now it's, talking about Putin. I would say barely talking about that. Um, yeah. uh, CNN focused a lot on race stuff over the last week. Uh the uh, Fox News Network is focusing a lot on climate change and well, you Obamacare. Know why. You know why? Uh, MSNBC is because focusing on the um, because it's ratings case driven. That's going on. It's, it's all about the ratings and it's all about the numbers. Yeah, and I don't believe that. No, it is. It really is. I think it's all about what the advertisers are comfortable putting their name on. Well, because that too. I think our show demonstrates that even. I mean, if we had the facilities to reach the the numbers that they have. I think our type of show would be tremendously more successful than their type of show. I mean, the fact that our show, the only way people find out about our show is when other people tell other people about our show. And that's really the only way people find out about An it. Organic and, audience, sorry. And, and, and still yet, we're thriving. And I think that demonstrates there is a demand, but what there isn't is there's not a demand from the advertiser standpoint, because that's not the kind of stuff they want to get involved in. First of all, they're buying and selling the government all the time when they're also buying those ads, and they don't want to upset the people that they're buying and selling. Well, you got a few different angles here. First off, you have the, the government angle, where if they don't push the government's message or what the government wants to hear from, say, CNN or MSNBC or Fox, what you have here is then you get a loss of access. Yeah. Then after that, once you lose that access, then you have – You lose your legitimacy. People are like, well, my source is from the Pentagon, and what's your source, from some website? Yeah, and then once you lose that legitimate uh, reporting, then you have a a major advertiser. Pick anyone you want. They're going to be like, well, wait a minute. Why should I continue to support your network when when you're not going to report news? When I'm an ad sales rep at CNN and I go to an advertiser and I say, so you want to sell diapers on our network? Well, we've got Barbara Starr, and she's she's stationed – at an actual studio in the Pentagon. So we get absolute up-to-date information. So when a crisis breaks internationally, we're getting direct info from Barbara Starr in our fiber-connected studio. That's a selling point. It's a selling point to an advertiser.
advertiser because the advertiser says my name is going to be associated with that. That's awesome. Because I know that that person, that American is going to be watching that channel for right. that late breaking right. news about X. The level of accuracy or, or, or the genuineness of what they're covering or, or – That doesn't matter. No, all it's of that matters matter of the is that it gets enough numbers that right. it appeases the advertiser exactly. and the content doesn't offend the advertiser. Right. Yeah. And, and there you go, you guys. That You just got a crack shot, Cliff Notes version of how it works and why we do this show. Now, I think we have this very, very interesting precedent where even after the information about the leaks you know, of uh, spying on our different European partners, they're still obviously willing to bend over backwards. And you also got to ask yourself, what the hell is going on with these flights? This is the second flight now that Snowden was supposedly on that ends up being a false alarm. Now, some people, the, the uh, people out there that are frying up bacon, which I am not subscribing to this theory, but some people are theorizing that he was on the plane, he landed at a CIA black site, Unloaded Snowden. Oh, I, I forgot to mention that this uh, batch of uh, bacon is coming to us from Nevada City, California. Oh, Nevada City, yes. California. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then they unloaded Snowden there and then put the uh, Bolivian president back in the air and, and uh, paid him off to be really upset. And uh, I, don't buy, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. That's a, li- yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a little burnt. Meanwhile, while everybody's all upset about Snowden, I- am I the only person? Am I the only guy here? Who is upset at Clapper, the intelligence head who lied to Congress? That's the guy I'm a little upset about, and uh, I want. So we just played. A, you want to remind people? Well, I I just played that clip of um uh, of Meadow, right? Right. Yeah. Meadow doing a good job reporting on uh, that Bolivian president situation. Here's an example where Meadow sounds like she's doing a good job reporting, but she's actually doing some shady messaging, in my opinion. We'll play. You decide. Meet James Clapper. He already knows you. He's the director of national intelligence, the head guy in charge of the nation's 16 intelligence agencies, including the NSA and the CIA. The Washington Post revealed this weekend that James Clapper has just apologized. He apologized to the Senate Intelligence Committee for lying, uh, for not telling them the truth when he answered this question from Senator Ron Wyden a couple of months ago. So what I wanted to see is if you could give me a yes or no answer to the question, does the NSA collect any type of data at all on millions or hundreds of millions of Americans? No, sir. No, sir. March of this year, the NSA does not collect any type of data on millions of Americans. A few months later, of course, Edward Snowden revealed that the government sure does collect and keep data about millions of Americans. And once that information was made public by Edward Snowden, the director of national intelligence, James Clapper, tried to explain his way out of what he had said at that Senate hearing. Can you explain what you meant when you said that there was not data collection on millions of Americans? uh, I thought, though, in retrospect, I was asked, when are you going to start stop beating your wife kind of question, which is meaning not um, answerable necessarily by a simple yes or no. So I responded in what I thought was the most truthful or least untruthful manner by saying no. The most truthful or least untruthful manner. Uh, Following that ridiculous explanation, which made it seem like maybe James Clapper had been taken off guard by the question, he just did the best he could. After that explanation, Senator Wyden released this, uh, revealing that actually James Clapper had the question in advance. Senator Wyden had warned Mr. Clapper's office specifically that he was going to be asking that question. And when Mr. Clapper gave him that no, sir response, Senator Wyden gave him a chance afterwards to amend his question, and Mr. Clapper refused. So apparently the supposedly least untruthful answer thing was the planned response all along. 
Well, now James Clapper is admitting that it was just a lie. It was not true. And now he is saying he's sorry. And that is kind of a big deal. I mean, officials at the highest Whoa. and most secretive levels <laughs> of government kind of a big deal. are being held accountable for things they have said to mislead Americans. And that is something that does not happen very often. And senators who are tasked with overseeing these high-ranking government officials and these programs are publicly and privately questioning their efforts to mislead people and proving that they lied when they lied and making them admit it. So you see what, she, you see what she's doing there is she's making it sound like this is a victory because he's been called out and he said sorry. But this is not a victory. A victory no. would be justice if he was held accountable a vi- a for lying A victory would be uh, held in contempt yeah. and, yeah, for lying. So that would be victory. I say, shame on you, Meadow, for trying to make us all feel like a simple sorry is, is sufficient. She's like, oh, and she actually continues on how it's so incredible that somebody at the top e- echelons of government has said sorry. What a victory for the people. Well, we hear sorry all the time from from government. Like, oh, I'm sorry that this budget went over over budget. Yeah. I'm sorry that this construction project had issues. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I invited Anderson Cooper over. Oh my gosh, it's Anderson Cooper, everybody! I, I, I am. I, I'm oh sorry. Oh my god, it's our doorbell. <laughs> you had. Oh my god, it's our doorbell. <laughs> I, I am sorry that I sent pictures of myself, and my name is Anthony Weiner. You know, I am yeah, sorry. Right, it's okay. Right. 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 You're right. Uh, so I, uh, but it, it is interesting to see. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll uh, we'll get something here. A, a group of senators came together. They sent a letter to the NSA asking them to clarify some fact sheets that they had released about uh, about uh, how uh, how much information on Americans they retain and for how long they retain it. Uh, the NSA then pulled that fact sheet off of their site because it was inaccurate, and then they replied saying, "Yeah, we think we could have some uh, room for fixing that here." And then they just got rid of the fact sheet. Of course, it's on archive.org. Uh, I want to shift gears if we can from the U.S. and talk about Egypt. Now, the first clip we're going to play, first couple of clips are a little out of date, but they'll at least give people a perspective on what's going on. Good evening, and here is the situation in Egypt tonight where Tahrir Square is once again full of protesters late at night, local time. And as of now, anything could happen. The new Egyptian president, Mohamed Morsi, only in office for a year, has now rejected an ultimatum from the military that he give way to the will of the people. The president spoke on television tonight, and he's not giving in, nor are the people going away. And now for the second time in recent memory, Egypt is facing a big tipping point. We're watching this one unfold. Our chief foreign correspondent, Richard Engel, is back in Cairo once again tonight, just above the protest. Richard, good evening. Good evening, Brian. We are back here in Tahrir Square. The crowds are very big, and as you can see from the laser light show and the fireworks, the mood in this square is festive. The protesters believe they have President Mohamed Morsi on the ropes and that he could soon be removed from office, perhaps even by force. Hundreds of thousands of Egyptians celebrating in Tahrir Square believing they are just hours from victory, from ousting this country's first democratically elected president. Across town, President Morsi also has his thousands, who say he won elections fairly and has three years left in his term. There's not much time for compromise. The Egyptian army chief has given Morsi until tomorrow to reach a deal, or else the military will, according to state news reports, dissolve parliament, suspend the constitution, and create an interim government until new elections. 
Well, that's exactly what has happened. Yes. Unbelievable. So the uh, military uh, pressured him out. Incredible. And uh, do you have a sense of why the people are upset? Have you gotten a sense from have you has there, have you gotten much reporting on this? That's the thing. I know what's happening. I don't know why it's happening. It's really interesting how the latest revolts that have been going on around the world have really gotten almost zero coverage. Almost like it's, don't remind the American people that you actually can get upset and take to the streets. Right, exactly. There is uh, footage that was supplied to the AP by the Egyptian military that just shows the flyover of Egypt and people are everywhere in the streets. It looks like bugs are crawling all over the city from up there every road every corner every inch of the city is crawling in people it it honestly looks like a bug infestation there's so many people and there was amazing powerful shots of the people using laser pointers to at uh, the cameras at the cameras and at the helicopters the apache helicopters that were like 20 grand an hour to operate in that area they would shine laser pointers up at them so they couldn't observe them i mean really powerful imagery coming out of here and uh, msnbc takes a crack at, or just NBC takes a crack at explaining uh, maybe why the protesters are so upset. Why are the protesters angry? They tell us Morsi has been a total failure. The economy in shambles, streets no longer safe. Islamic radicals, including the president's party, the Muslim Brotherhood, with too much power. He's only for his uh, brotherhood. He's only supporting the Muslim Brotherhood. Yes. This is a setback for the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt and across the Middle East. When the Arab Spring began, it was students that toppled the regimes, but Islamists that took the power. Here, now, that could be changing. Anti-Morsi protesters believe the army is with them and that now is the time to reclaim their revolution after Morsi tried to impose political Islam on Egypt and failed. Kind of a, an amazing scene. Oh, there's the military footage. Look at those roads, Chase. Look at that. Doesn't that look like a bug infestation? I mean, there are people everywhere, and this reminds me of World War Z. I yeah, mean, exactly. It, it I mean, really does. Uh, wow, is, look at that bridge right there. It, isn't I that, mean, it is massive. I, I am so um, impressed by the Egyptian people. I wish this was the United States. And, I, and you know, I, I, I know there's been some deaths, but it hasn't been actually, when you consider, when you look at the numbers here, that's what the U.S. media is focused on is the deaths, especially the, the American deaths. Um, but it's so powerful to see them stand up like this to their government. Now, uh, we've talked a little bit about maybe why they do it and we don't, but I, I, found it, I found it almost a little inspirational when I looked at this. And I thought, you know, maybe I, I hope that doesn't happen here, but maybe, maybe that's the kind of thing that, that forces the change. Uh, and I, you kind of saw this coming if you followed this early on. Uh, the the there, there are books out there that talk about how the Muslim Brotherhood kind of stole the elections and uh, how uh, they only represented a small minority. And as you can see, obviously, the majority are in Get the all streets. those lasers. Yeah, the laser pointers, they go crazy. They had big laser drawings up on buildings that were communicating messages to Morsi and all these kind of like get out. And uh, they also were projecting English up there. There was a lot of things about Obama. They felt like Obama was propping up his regime and that Obama was propping up the military. And uh, some commentators have still said that now even with the military in place, we were, pay- we were, we were, we were paying off the administration and the military. We had money and we were investing in both camps essentially and some people claim you know it's to the tune of like two billion a year we've been paying their military that we're kind of propping them up i don't know the details on it but it sounds a little suspicious um so yeah as of right now the military's taken over morsi stepped down there and and people are celebrating fireworks going crazy uh, i haven't heard of any uh, violence yet no no 
And you know what? I mean, you can have strength in numbers and have a peaceful protest at the same time. And there's proof right there. There is proof. The more you know, Chase. That's beautiful. Well, uh, now we'll have links to all that stuff in the show, but there was a few stories that got submitted to our subreddit this week that were just blowing up. Subreddit's been awesome. And uh, I thought we'd kind of include them in the feedback area. So why don't we start with a couple of emails, and then we'll hit a couple of stories, and then we'll you know get back to the emails. We'll kind of ebb and flow, man. We'll ebb and flow. Works for me. This one came in from the great one. It's a little long. I, so. I know, and I actually trimmed it quite a bit. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, go ahead and uh, sit back, relax. You can paraphrase, uh, though, if you th- feel the need. This, this came in from the great one, Dear Unfilter. Among those in the States, we will be celebrating Independence Day today. The NSA and related stories had an upsetting effect on me on how I perceive America. I'm nauseated by the thought of the entire snooping program and also having the DOJ chilling whistleblowers. I would have normally uh, considered this country with faults to be still one of the greatest on earth, regardless of what the haters say about it. Chris was absolutely correct when he made this distinction that this is our issue of our times and we must defend it with fervor. But the overall erosion of liberties is nothing new. There has always been an authoritarian idea that disregards the importance of liberty. This idea is a that a single man or a group of men and women simply know what's best for its people, and to question their virtue is laughable or even destructive to the people. We have to look no further than Nancy Pelosi's now famous quote referencing Obamacare. But we have to pass the bill so you can find out what's in it away from the fog and controversy. This was also demonstrated during World War II when FDR, by executive order, ordered the mass detainment of Japanese Americans on the premise that they might be a national risk. Not only did this go into effect, the much illustrious Supreme, illustrious Supreme Court in the Kormensu versus United States upheld it. I don't mean to pick on the Democrats. These just stand out as prime examples. I think George Washington said it best, government is not reason. It is not eloquent. It is force. Like fire, it is a dangerous servant and a fearful master. At the heart of this rant, I want to ask you, isn't a government that is large enough to effectively spy on all of its people simply a government too large? Are we supposed to live in a free society instead? I have the feeling. Singling out just the NSA story, we are living in a bastardized version of The Truman Show. I'm fully aware that technology have made things easier and enormously cheaper for this to happen and there may be a sliver of inherent benefit. However, defiantly, I say we cannot shred out history and heritage for the benefit of added security. The issues here are larger than just terrorism. It's the evolution of what could be that we are trying to head off. The price of liberty was a long and bloody one throughout our history. If we give an inch, that will be an inch forever lost. Thank you for the show. It's proved enlightening. The great one. Well, thank you, the great one. Uh, <clears throat> very good points. It was long, but I thought he had a lot of interesting points in there. And I, as somebody who loves, when you reference back to history, I always feel like that's, uh, whenever you can kind of cite history, you can kind of uh, show how we've aired before and perhaps can prevent it. We had uh, a story that's getting a lot of action in the subreddit too, actually. The first one that uh, came in today was uh, the U.S. Postal Service has uh, been found to be logging all mail for law enforcement. And now this story came about from James Pickering Chase. He's the owner of a bookstore in Buffalo. He was targeted by a tracking program from the United States Post Service. Check out how he found out. You're not going to believe this. He's checking his mail one day, and he sees a postcard in his mailbox. It says on there, show all mail to S- to SUPV. 
supervisor, essentially, for copying prior to going out to the street, read the card. It included Mr. Pickering's name, his address, and the type of mail that needed to be monitored. The word confidential was highlighted on the green card. Uh, he said it was a bit of a shock to see that. And it all turned, he, he, re, he reasons, it goes back to the fact that uh, more than a decade ago, he was the spokesman for the Earth Liberation Front, a radical environmental group. In that, so the, these uh, these are the situations, people. That this article, the New York Times, essentially says, you know, they're they're photographing all mail uh, and they're storing it for we don't know how long. Uh, FBI has cited uh, uh, using this some of this data in some of their cases. Uh, so it's essentially it's a prison program for mail. <laughs> so the mail is uh, not so safe either. Not so safe either. Nope. Uh, FedEx, maybe I don't know. Now uh, you you were you were yes. you sat down this morning I guess this afternoon. I, I told you about this. Uh, I mean, I read this actually yesterday. I read this story. This came from the Unfiltered subreddit as well. Yeah, uh, one of the hot top stories voted by them, and uh, the the floods that happened up uh, in Calgary yeah. near Calgary, very very just devastating, just terrible stuff. Some of the stuff that we would see in a hurricane down here in the states, just <sighs> really nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you would think in a national a disaster that the government wouldn't do what you're about to hear as you heard there is a lot of frustration in high river over the evacuation and how long the recovery will take but there was also anger today directed at the rcmp and it spread right across the country even into the prime minister's office carolyn dunn has that part of the story carolyn entered into a state of local emergency They're already impatient. Now anger is building about what has happened while they've been out of their homes. They're supposed to be here to protect us, to keep looters away, and they're the ones doing the looting. It came to a head yesterday as word spread among High River residents. The RCMP had seized hundreds of guns from evacuated homes. The RCMP's own video of the days following the flood shows they did go into houses. Looking for any signs of anybody who's in distress or needs assistance. But the force says it only took guns that posed a safety risk. In those situations, when they were out in plain view and they were not properly secured and stored, those firearms were taken uh, by the RCMP members and safely secured. The Prime Minister's office jumped into the controversy with a statement chastising the RCMP. We expect they will be returned to their owners as soon as possible, the statement reads. The RCMP should focus on more important tasks, such as protecting lives and private property. An annoyed Alberta Premier insists neither the province nor the RCMP are taking away anyone's guns. They went into houses where there were firearms that weren't properly secured, and as opposed to leaving them sitting on fireplace mantles in a town that was evacuated, they secured those guns. That's reasoning that's not placating gun rights advocates. So their argument would be, well, we didn't want these emptied houses that were potentially unlocked to just have firearms sitting around that some bad guys could go in and get them. Okay, first off, uh, part of this report is that there's checkpoints right now set up around the city. Right. Can't get in. You can't get in. Can't you know, get the out. only people that are in the city are the police or the RCMP, which is the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Right. And they're setting up not only checkpoints, they're setting up roadblocks with st- uh, uh, tax strips to prevent people from yeah. running the barricade, right. so to speak. Right. So the only people that are in here that they have to prevent people breaking into homes 
are the police themselves. Right. They're the ones doing the looting. So now I, I was saying to this in the supporter show, I understand cops having to go into the homes in a natural disaster to make sure all the survivors are out. Okay. I'm okay with this. Okay. I'm not okay with any government official, no matter if it's a, a gun, right. a sword, right. anything right. being removed from your home. Right. Were they taking swords and knives? I wonder. And then what, what sucks is they say, oh, well, we'll make everything available if you'd like to request it back. However, you have to prove to us that you own it. Right. And what if all your documentation was damaged in the flood? Or what if it was a family heirloom? And that would make it even more important. No, I—, I this 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 does not pass a sniff test. And if we took out the fact that this was in Canada, okay, if we re, if we redacted that, Jerome says they were doing it in uh, New Orleans after Katrina. If we take this out, okay, a lot of people listening around the world think, oh, this this is Americans just trying to hold on to their guns. Believe it or not, Canadians. I think uh, on per capita basis, they have more guns, I think, than we well, do. Well, there's bears up there, Chase. Yeah. Lots of bears. Bears. Lots of bear. polar but, bears, Chase. But you know what? I, I, I'm i I'm with my Canadian brother on this. This is just outrageous that not only the, the, the police would just take anything from the home, anything. They're taking weapons and they're making people jump through hoops to get their own belongings back. Yeah. They didn't take rent. They didn't, they didn't take anything else. They just took, a, oh, we considered it in an unsecure location. What what now was it sitting on a ledge like you say or were you going under mattresses were you going into closets were you going in the drawers yeah and it makes you wonder what like what about hell? what about if somebody had their bong out on the table or if somebody had like some illegal booze it almost makes you just think it's like you almost just have to stay safe and or if some of a natural and here's disaster thing. like that's coming just lock everything down now here's the other thing they they Hide they, it. they they don't mention in this report okay so let's say that let's say that this happened let's say we lived in Calgary let's say and you had a a thirty thirty rifle mounted above your fireplace. Maybe it wasn't secured properly per Canadian standards. Absolutely. Okay. So there was a flood. You are not allowed back in your home. They right. took your gun. Okay. Right. It was a family heirloom. Family you, heirloom. You want it back. Yeah. So you go to the police department to say, hey, yeah, you took my gun. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, here's your gun, Chris. And also, here is a ticket for $250 right. for right. not having your firearm right. secured correctly. Right. And by the way, now you're also in our database. Yeah. What the fuck? Okay, <laughs> seriously. This is wrong. And that, people, is what grinds my gears. That is wrong. That's right. You're, I completely agree with you, Chase. Uh, and I, I just uh, I wonder where it, where it stops. Does it start with guns and end with guns, or does it go? Well, it, it's an excuse. It's, it, it's, a, it's a foot in because, oh, it's the guns. We've got to keep you safe. This yeah. is the government saying, oh, we need to keep you safe. All right, we got uh, one more, uh, two more follow-ups. I'll read the one off the subreddit. How about that? And you read the one from the uh, former spook, all right? All right. So uh, <clears throat> this one comes in from Soapster, uh, frequent contributor. He says, Prism is worse than talking than everyone's talking about. Here's my example. They openly said they are keeping all encrypted information. Am I wrong? Does that include SSL traffic? If so, then hasn't in why hasn't anyone mentioned the amount of medical data they're storing? Uh, I work for a PAX picture archiving and communication systems vendor. We have a web service that uh, referring to doctors so they can log in and read the reports of the patients. I have, I've worked, uh, I've actually worked with a lot of systems like this too. Um, and a lot of it's all done over SSL VPNs. They, the doctor logs in, there's patient right, records on yeah. there. <clears throat> in fact, I worked with a, a doctor who, who would just look at uh, back x-rays and then note the patient's charts through this web portal system. 
Uh, he says he says not to mention uh, all the other healthcare related fields to do this. The data is supposed to be confidential, but they're stealing it. How many of you want your bureaucrats knowing that your most uh, specific health issues? Maybe you uh, don't uh, want the most embarrassing things to be out in the open. These things are reserved for you, your doctor, and only the minimum amount needed by the people to keep you healthy. Prism is a direct HIPAA violation of HIPAA regulations, and as far as I can, as far as he can talk, I think I would agree if they're actually cracking it. I don't know uh, when it's stored. I don't. I don't know what. I guess even then. Yeah, even then I would assume. Anyways, I wanted to bring all this up because all I ever hear about is people worrying about their email. Start worrying about your medical history. Even if you live outside the U.S., a lot of this data is sent to the U.S. to be read by radiologists and then sent back to your country. Everyone is affected. Keep up the good work. And uh, I hope you get this in time for this week's show. Well, we did. And he also included some uh, useful uh, uh, linkage in there, too. Very good. All right, last email. Last email. This one comes in from Shane. Thanks, from a former spook. Hey, Chris and Chase. First and foremost, thank you for all the work you put in the Unfiltered Show and all the great content Jupiter provides. I recently subscribed for a $5 a month for Unfiltered. I am a recent college graduate, and I'm still looking for steady employment. That wasn't a ding. Uh, but I was t- able to sell a bunch of my old textbooks and digital cool, media to online buyback stores in order to fund my PayPal account, so I could subscribe and add Aww. to the demographic of listeners who are truly thankful for Unfiltered he, and want to know that you should keep it up. He earned that ding. Yes. Having disseminated news clips and facts that have been vetted through the show and the Unfiltered subreddit, uh, subreddit has proven to be invaluable in aiding me in staying informed. I served on nuclear submarines and worked in the spook business for five years, and the recent NSA news and current state of affairs in America has me very concerned. It pays me, pains me to admit that on several occasions I have chosen to look the other way in life because I didn't want to inconvenience myself or my family. But the honest feedback and information you guys put out on a weekly basis and unfilter has unf- helped me to make more informed decisions as a U.S. citizen. I can't say thank you enough. Knowledge is power. Oh, thanks, Shane. Both of those a little long. All of those a little long, but nice nonetheless. Nice nonetheless. All right, Mr. Chase. Well, speaking speaking of of the subreddit. Yes. I mean, now, every week I've set a goal. I'm a goal setter. I know. You're crazy. And we had like 400, I think, 85-ish. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know, it'd be nice to get over 500. And you said, Chris. Can't do it. No way. Not going to happen. Can't do it. Well, as of right now, this recording, we are at 514. (laughs) What? Unbelievable. That's great. That is great. And it's been getting better and better, helping more and more with the show. We've gotten a couple of great stories oh, out there. It's that Canadian also, story was great. Yeah, get a, and, some, and sometimes we get some great conversations going, too. So go to unfilter.reddit.com, you guys, and help us out. Chase, you got another goal? Yes. Wait, whoa, well, this is a real quick... This was quick. Yeah, it was. You're right. Well, then I guess... Better wrap it up, Chase. That's it. Well, we'll see you back here... At ne- a regular time. Next week. Next week. doorbell come in oh my gosh it's anderson cooper everybody hey coops oh my god so i literally rushed down here i got off the air at like 11 and i jumped in a car i was like i I have to see Cher.